We're going to continue with our um, five senses. And obviously we're going to try to connect it to where we're up to. Whether it's the parasha or obviously Adarishan is a little bit difficult because it's like... But it connects very much to Adarishan, as we'll see. And as Hashem, I want to talk about the Chush Hashmiya. The sense of hearing, sound, your ears. Um, this is the fourth of, of a five-part series. I'm willing to take suggestions for another series, even though I have some ideas. But um, I, have, I have another series that, you know, start after Pesach, I guess, or something around then. We have one more till, till Pesach time. Um, the reason I picked Shmiya instead of the next one that we have left, which is touch. I want to leave touch for last. I thought that touch is something that we need to really... Um, I needed more time to, to sit and prepare it. So I decided to do hearing first. And I think that we all know that other is a mitzvah to hear. I saw Malik, Parsha Zachar, hear Mekru Megillah. It's a mitzvah that has, it's a month that has to do with hearing a little bit. Now, so does, so does um, obviously Pesach. We have to hear the questions and hear about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Not really, not really. But obviously Tisha we have to hear. We have to hear the Shafer. So that would have been another very good time to talk about it, but Tishrei is very far away from now. And I, was, I, thought, I thought, and I found someone that says it, that perhaps Meznayim, which means a scale, is, is a, a very interesting point. Why is a, a scale called a Meznayim? I thought just because Meznayim is, means Meznayim. You know, in, in English, the reason something called, the reason something is called something Whatever it is, glass, window, door, house, doesn't have any meaning inherently to it. But on the Shekhaidish, the words have meaning to it. I'll give you an example. This is the example I always give. The word Shulchan. The reason why a table on the Shekhaidish is called a Shulchan is, the Rabbeinu B'chaya writes this, not me, but the Rabbeinu B'chaya writes this, is because a Shulchan in those days used to have three legs. Shabbeinu says, Parashat Kisisa, if you're going to kill... Klaiswell, who's standing on it, it's like a table with three legs, so if you're going to make me the leader and I'm only one-legged, it's not going to stand. So a table has three legs. A shin looks like an upside-down table. If you turn it over, it's a three-legged table. A lamed, because bringing can elevate you to the highest point, and lamed is the highest letter. And nun, because it can bring you to the lowest point, food, and nun is the lowest letter. And ches is the actual look of a table. So if you take those letters, it becomes shulchan. So it's not just a combination of letters. So I was wondering, so if that's the case, why is Maznaim called Maznaim? Because it almost sounds, pun intended, like ears. Oizen. Oznaim. So why is Maznaim called Maznaim? So the very interesting thing is a lot of us might not know this, but besides for the ears doing the amazing feat of listening, they also are very important for a person's balance. And if you know, but a person's balance depends very much on their ears. A person's maturity depends very much on the size of their ears. Yes, your ears shrink and grow in size based on maturity. Yeah. And the first way to know, yes, absolutely. Um, this is, this, the ears, of, I, I, was list, I was looking up things about ears. I, I, I could probably speak for hours about the scientific findings in ears. It's unfathomable. It's amazing what goes on in the ear the drum inside it, and the, the, the whole thing. But one of the things about the ear is it keeps our balance. Yeah. So Maznayim is a scale which things are supposed to be balanced on, 
sounds like Eisen. And I was wondering if it's connected, and I found that one of the Mepharshim say it is. So we look at an ear, which is like we don't even like comprehend the amount that's going into it. So I want to talk a little bit about the ear. And I want to talk about, perhaps, and I always try to explain why this one is the most important of all the senses, because that's what you're supposed to do. And that's why I will say that again. Yes, hearing is the most important of all the senses. Why is that? And perhaps in our generation, more than any other generation, I like to do that also. I like to make believe that each one is the most important one for our generation. And I'm, I'm going to try to suggest why perhaps it is. And the reason why I think that hearing is so imperative and integral is... Not me talking, but Chazal say. We know that there's Chazal, whenever they want to classify a grouping of people that are not mechayiv to do something because of their mental acuity is not on the highest level, or their, their inability, the example Chazal always give is cheresh to the katan. Those three go together. Well, we know what a shaita is. Actually, there's qualifications to be qualified as a shaita. It's not just whoever someone decides. There's halachically qualifications for a shaita. We know when somebody is mentally not, um, you know, wise enough to be able to be chayv emitzus. A katan is not chayv. What? Bechar shaita is just a it's just a word. It doesn't. Yeah, uh, why? Well, so okay. it's a good question because they came this close to being a bechar, but they're not. Are you? Is that why you're asking? Yeah. So am I. <laughs> so, anyways, so katan um, we know doesn't have the mental capabilities. You know, even every every even though every eleven year old today thinks they are the most smart and mature person in the world, but we as adults know that they're lacking a lot of maturity. But those two we understand are on the list. But then Chazal always put together Cherish Shaitan. Cherish is not to be translated as a deaf person. And Halacha Cherish is a deaf mute. It's somebody that's lacking also the ability to speak. Now the reason why a person would be a deaf mute is usually goes hand in hand. Because the person was deaf when they were born, therefore they have speech impediments. They can't talk properly. That's a, a cheresh. If somebody was a healthy person and then they lost their hearing, they're not halachically considered a cheresh. A lot of us in our generation have a lot worse hearing abilities than any generation before us because of the sounds of music and having pieces in our ears. And we, we are much worse off in the hearing abilities than the previous generations by a lot. And it's very sad. And, and there, again, I'm gonna get, I'd like to get to this at the end and try to understand why that is. But it doesn't make us a cherish. We are still obligated in mitzvahs. It's only if someone's a deaf mute. So I want to talk a little bit about the concept of hearing. We always pointed out that the five senses are very much alluded to in, in the first, the, 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 the original sin of the Chet Eitz Adas. Right? She saw, and she touched, and she tasted, and she gave to her husband to eat, and she listened to the snake. And the only one that wasn't affected, we said, and that was the first year we gave, was the sense of smell. But from the other senses, all four were used in the Chet of the Eitz Adas. So, in fact, if you had to ask which which one was perhaps the most affected, or which faculty did she use the most in this in in this sin that Adam and Chava did? She listened to the snake. Now you could say it's the eating, which it is, but she wasn't planning on eating it because she was told not to eat it. The sin started when she heard the snake, and the snake convinced her it's not so terrible. Then he pushed her into it, and we'll discuss touch next time. He pushed her into it, and she, she 
touched it and she saw she didn't die. And then she tasted it, she saw that it looked good, and she gave it to her husband and, she, and he ate. But the first step was that she listened. She listened to the snake over listening to Hashem. And that was the beginning of the downfall. And a lot of times that's how it ends up being. Our first problem is that we heard something. We heard and we got desensitized to something. Or we heard and therefore a new taiva came into our mind. A new thing came. Now obviously it also has with seeing. We see something and that creates the want. But it, sometimes it's seeing and sometimes it's hearing. The hearing and seeing go very well together as we'll, as we'll see throughout uh, the Shir Ezra Hashem. But I was looking, the Targum, who's literally just a translation, Targum, Unculus, just a translation, he actually has two different translations for the word Shema, or Shemil. And that is, sometimes he translated it as Ushama, and sometimes he translated it as Ukabil. Kabil means accepted, understood, retained. It's not just heard. When Klaisal said Nasev and Ishma, they didn't just say, we're going to do and we're going to listen. No one needs you to listen. Listen means to take it in and do something about it. That's what it means, Nishma. I'll listen. I can listen to you all day, but if I decide not to take your advice, the listening is worthless. Listening meant ukabil, and we accept it upon ourselves. But Yishma Yisrael, Yisrael heard, and therefore he came. A lot of people heard. Shamu Amem Yirgazen, we say every day in Az Yashir. All the nations heard about Kriyas Yamsuf. Nobody did anything about it. Yeah, because they heard but they didn't kabil, they didn't absorb it, they didn't retain it. Well, Yisrael, Yisrael, it's not only that Yisrael heard, big deal, but Yisrael actually took it to heart. So that's what I want to I talk about, these two concepts of hearing, tra- training your ears to hear what has to be heard. That's what I want to focus on. I'm going to start it with a place that maybe is not like the first place you would think, and that is, in Parashas Toldais, we have the episode where Yitzchak Avinu decides he wants to give brachas to his children. And specifically, he picks Esau. And he calls on Esau to tell him about this amazing idea that he has to give him brachas. And the Pasuk says, V'rivka sheimas, and Rivka hears as Yitzchak speaking. So that means, was Rivka there? Rivka was not there. In fact, the Targum says that she heard in Ruach HaKadosh, or Nevuah, however you want to say it. So much so, where the Mepharshim even asks that she's not counted one of the seven prophetesses. Is that a plural? Prophetesses? No. Prophetess. That's the plural? Not prophet. No, that's the female. Prophetesses. Is no How prophetess. do you say the female plural? I don't know. Prophetess. Sai? Just prof. We get what you No, I'm, I want to know for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how you say it. Okay. So she's not one of the. No. I'm, pro, and Google says, Prophetesses. Oh, look at that. Go, okay. That. I didn't know it. I just was, you know. Actually, that's actually one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of uh, doing a series on, on each one of the seven prophetesses. You know who the seven prophetesses are, right? Sure. Like that. Very good. <laughs> that so, was my big tackle. Uh, very good, very good. So I, I, I was thinking of actually doing a series on the seven, those seven women. But maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. Um... So, back to what we were saying, Rivka is not one of the prophetesses, just a bunch of extra S's, right? She wasn't. So, when it says that she heard, how did she hear? She wasn't there. 
And the Mepharshim are bothered by this. Is she a prophetess or she's not a prophetess? Which is a good question, discussion. Not going to get into that. But she was definitely not fear. So much so that the Archaim Akadosh writes that when Yitzchak called in Esau, he actually whispered to him this idea because he was worried that Rivka was going to hear and try to mess it up. So, I mean, obviously whispering didn't really help. Because with all the whispering, Rivka heard it. And she called in Yaakov, and she tells Yaakov, I want you to go ahead and do what you did. And in fact, she calls in, and what does she tell Yaakov? Va'ata b'ni shema b'koyli. I want you to listen to my voice. I want you to listen to me. Why does she have to say that? Va'ata b'ni, go get, you, go get it. Go get the brachas. Why is she saying shema b'koyli? I want you to listen to me. She, she's trying to impart to him that I, I need to listen and comprehend and understand that what I'm telling you is of utmost importance. And he goes, and we know, again, there's the Hakel Koyakov episode. There seems to be a lot about sound over there. Now, especially, you have to realize that Yitzchak was blind. So Yitzchak was relying a lot on sound. And he also tried to use touch. Because his other sense, his sense of eyesight wasn't working. He couldn't taste Yaakov versus Esau. He couldn't smell Yaakov versus Esau. Even though he says, He did say, he did say, Something smells a little off here because it smells delicious like Gan Eden, which is a little bit of a problem because if you thought you were going to smell Gehenna, why are we giving him brachas? Which is a separate conversation. But he did say smell. And then he said, okay, I can't see. I can't taste to see if it is. Smell, I'm a little bit confused. So let me touch you. And then when he touched him and he heard, he said, I don't know. I'm confused. The Gemara actually asks a question. A very interesting question. If Yitzhak was blind and he didn't, wasn't able to tell, how is he allowed to be intimate with his wife? How does he know it's his wife? And the Gemara asks this about any blind person. How does he know that that's his wife? Maybe it's someone else. And the Gemara says because of sound. The Gemara says because of sound. You can recognize some sound. Which means that at times, sound takes the place of sight. Now, which one's a greater faculty? Well, each one, depending on what cheer you're giving, you're going to say that one is the greater faculty. But in a way, the Gemara uses the following statement. Ene doime, we know, we know the statement. Ene doime shmilaria. Right? You can't compare sight to, to, to sound. Ene doime shmilaria. When, when you see something, you're convinced that what you saw is whatever it is. And if I come and I tell you otherwise, it's much harder for me to convince you because my eyes aren't fooling me. So seemingly... Sight is more powerful than sound. But on the other hand, I'll give you an example. It's so easy to obstruct sight. It's very hard to obstruct sound. If I build a wall, now you can't see. You still can hear what's going on on the other side. So in a way, sound has more power than sight. But in a way, sight has more power than sound. Right? For example. I always wonder what's harder for a person to live, blind or deaf? And you decided? Probably you can always read lips. Yeah. And you can read subtitles of anything. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel qualified. Like okay. No, but I think sight can overcome the lack of hearing for more than the hearing could overcome sight. You can't First hear the way something being looks. Deaf, being deaf is easily, like, you can eat, repair deaf. Today, you're talking right, to. I'm going back 500 years. Let's, let's, yeah, 
That's today. If there was no repair, no, no, no saying bottom lines up or bottom line blind. There's no fix for it. Like, what's a harder sense to live without? I don't know. I, 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 I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hear, I hear the question. I, I don't know. They each have, uh, they both have just... something, it, the taste depends on your sight as well. Sure. Smell. And smell. Smell more. Sure. But eyes, after that... Correct, okay, fine. Take, it takes away more. For, I'm not disagreeing. There are elements that sound has more. Either, but... but let me ask you a question. If you see a beautiful, beautiful thing, do you get in a good mood? Yeah. Yeah. If you hear some good music, do you get in a good mood? Not as... If you, if you hear good news, do you get in a good mood? Yeah. Which one affects you more? You could read good news. Probably you. To watch? That's a good question. It's a good question? Yeah. De- I think definitely hearing. I think hearing absor- absorbs much more internally than seeing. I think seeing is much more superficial. Yeah, but then at the same but time, hearing, well, you can come, that's for insight, but I'm saying you can I know, but then also to... Oh, which, no, go ahead. Which, to, to throw, I, I hear your point with that. I don't know. But at the same time, if let's say you're, I would talk for myself. So I don't know if this works for anybody else. If I desperately need a break, I'm right. stressed. Well, to me, going to a scenic place is going to do more for me than putting on good music. Okay. And some but people will say otherwise. I'm not. I'm not saying people. People that are very into music, I think, would disagree. Not only music. How about how about how about a good speech or a good news? Yeah. Hearing good news. Does good news affect you? And, and does it affect your no. whole day? No, you don't, no. Need, you don't need to hear it. No, it's, you it's, have to it's, it's, No, good yeah. news. Whatever you qualify as good news. Saying, you could get the news in through a different faculty other than your ear. Of course you could. Of course you could. The Pusik says in Mishlei, Shmua Toiva Tadashin Etzem. Good news actually makes your bones fat. Yeah. You gain weight when you hear good news. It's a fact of life. Gemara even says a story about this. That when a person heard good news, you hearing too much good news? Gemara says a story about Nero Kaiser that he heard good news that he became the Caesar and he was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, only, he was wearing his left shoe and he couldn't put on his right shoe because his fat, foot got fatter. And Rabbi Yechonah told him, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechonah told him that the way to get your other shoe on is have an enemy of yours walk by and you're going to get angry and then, the, and then your foot will shrink and that's what happened and he was able to put on a shoe. And he asked him, he's so wise, how come, whatever the whole, meaning, Sound, in a way, has a much more of a, I don't, I'm going to use the word global, has much more of a global impact on us, literally and figuratively, on our being than sight. You see something, it's very, it doesn't change you, necessarily. It's there. But it's good not se- internalized. It's not internalized as well, correct. I think hearing, I think, it's a, it's a fact, it's not, I think, hearing is something that, you absorb much more, you internalize much more. There's an interesting, we're right around the corner from Purim. If you go through Ahasuerus' party, it says that he was, he gave the most, he threw the most amazing parties. He was, he was really, in fact, Chazal say such an amazing thing, and I, I think we have to publicize this Chazal. Chazal say that the reason why the Megillah goes through such detail about what the party looked like is that when Mashiach comes and Hashem's going to throw us a party, we're going to be able to tell Hashem that Ahasuerus can do that too. And we're going to be able to demand for even more. Meaning, the reason Chazal, the Torah went ahead and told us the grandeur of this party was for us to know that it's going to be even more than that. Okay, I don't want to get into this now, but there's one other thing that's it's amazing. If you look at the party, it goes through so many details, fascinating details. It doesn't say, it doesn't say anywhere that there was music by the party. What's a party today without music? Party, every party today, any good person, that's any... 
good party has music. I mean, that's part of it. It doesn't say anywhere about the music in the party. And the question is, and Mepharshim ask, why not? Why doesn't it say anything about music in the party? Didn't and the, I didn't learn that. I wasn't in the same class as you. No. I never heard that. Never heard about that. that maybe you just assumed the music was could be. Like it could be. That it could was. be. I don't know. I like can't. We said what was the problem of going the drought? Like it was just inappropriate. Like, Fine. I never heard about the music. I think we. Just, maybe it was just. I, it wasn't I don't know. I can't answer that. The music. I, so the, one of the mafarshim said, "Shlom Alkabitz, who wrote the Lachadidi, he writes in his sefer Manas Alevi that the reason is because everybody has different taste in music, and there's no way to satisfy everybody." So Achashverosh felt it's better not to have music than have somebody sitting there and say, I don't like this song or this music. It would ruin it. Now, obviously, Achashverosh didn't come up with the inventions of AirPods where every guy can listen to their own thing. He, you know, nowadays, you would just give everybody their own music. Here, just unlimited Spotify. Go, go listen, right? But that, that's something you can do. It's a new thing. Uh, yeah, the, everyone, like, yeah, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. It's so sad because so people that makes that make, people are so. Like there's a video, you hear nothing, and everyone's like. I find that very sad. I find that very sad. It's all the same. So it works well. Let's say you have like a a party where you have what you're having for kids and adults, and you want the kids to be able to have uh, dancing. We don't want the adults want to be able to schmooze and not have the headaches. They have both simultaneously. You can have children's music and love music, yeah. but everybody should be on their own. It's like so music is something that's supposed to. Like unite us and bring us together, like it usually was. was it? But what do you smell? The food? Yeah, the food's here. No, um, but music is like is, is a uniter. Like when people get together, they sing. No, and now, know. okay, fine. I don't want to get into that, but whatever. So we find this this. In, in fact, so the Rabbeinu B'chai writes that Hashem made the ears are the same height as the eyes to show that they're equal in importance, because the mouth is less important. The hands are the least important in the, 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 which we'll talk about next time when it comes to mishush, when it comes to the sense of touch. It's the least important of all our senses. And then we go upwards. Mouth is, is a little bit more, but still very magushim. Scent, nose even more, uh, even though we discussed how, how spiritual it is, but it's not imperative for a person to have a sense of smell. And then, that you shouldn't think, says Daniel B'chai, that hearing is more important than sight. Where sight is more important than hearing, Hashem made our ears to be equal to our eyes. He says they are a drop lower, he writes. They are the actual hearing part. The ears can be big, but the hearing part is the, uh, the part we hear is a little less because it's not as important, but it is as important. So therefore, Hashem made the ears. It's fascinating. We look at our body, we like wonder like why that is. But Hashem made Chazanish writes, the same Chazanish that we discussed last time. He writes that Hashem, when he made this wondrous world and create, cre- creation and creature called a human, he made that that you should be able to communicate, and that your mouth could talk to my ears, and I could hear that is what makes us human. The, it's, we we talk about what's the most human of all the senses. It's the laruach v'malo that man could speak, but man can only speak if there's somebody else that could listen. So it goes hand in hand. So in a way, the ear is connected to the mouth. The ear is connected to the to the to the eyes. In a way, the ear is connected to your whole body based on what we're talking about. The balance that it keeps. So there's something very fascinating about hearing. There's a there's a saver from Reb Zevin. We don't have to elaborate. If you know, you know, you don't, you don't know. Okay, okay good. So there's a saver called the Torah Mayadim. In Parshas Lachlacha, he writes, Avalpi, even though Shaharia take for Yosemishmia, sight is stronger than sound. Uba Halacha Amru. In fact, 
halachically we say like the shmi maria, meaning if Bezdin here somebody comes in and says A killed B. So Bezdin doesn't know that A killed B. But the Torah tells us you gotta trust them so much so much so that we will kill A now because we have two witnesses that said that A killed B. Did they see? Do they know? No. But Shmiel is what were they using? Let's say Bezdin sees A kill B. So the Gemara says, how do we know Bezdin's allowed to kill? And the Gemara says, it can't be, that, the Gemara says, logically, it can't be that sight should be worse than sound. If I'm able to trust two people, so my eyes should be even more important. So on the one hand, we see that eyes are even more essential. But then he says, but there's something more about sound than sight. A very thin covering. Could block my vision. So I can't see. It takes a lot to block sound. They only recently came up with noise cancellation devices that a person should be able to wear. Because otherwise, you hear. And you hear, and there's not much you can do to stop the sound. It is what it is. In fact, Chazal say, that there's three faculties that a person can't help themselves. And that is a person can't help their eyes. It is what it is. You saw it. You can, you can now try to block and not see it anymore. But once you saw something, you can't unsee it. There's no delete button. You can't unhear something. And you can't... I forgot to Chazal say the third one, which we'll, we'll see in a second. Unfeel. I guess you can't uneat either, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, but I don't mean unface. I mean, meaning you don't have... You're not in control of it. That's what I mean. You're not in control to do it or not. Right? You can't control, I want to hear this now. Right? If someone tells you something, whether you want to hear it or not, you heard it. You're not in control of sound. You're not in control of sight. I forgot the third one. Um, I think thought. I think thought. You, so you're not even in control of your thought. It is, it, if a thought comes into your brain, you can try to put it aside now, but sometimes a thought will come into your brain and you can't control. I think that's thought, but I have, to, I have to look at Chazal again. As opposed to the other faculties. And Chazal talk about how when a person becomes elevated... Hashem makes that everything becomes out of your control. Or that everything becomes in your control. Because I'll talk about how, in in, in, in how a person could, could lose control of everything or gain control of everything. Which one's greater? Is it greater to lose control of everything? That everything's down the hands of Hashem? Or is it greater to have control of everything? It's a discussion. I don't want to get into. But there's a, there's a Gemara. The Gemara says, and this is something that we'll come back to in a minute or two, the Gemara says as follows, I'm going to quote the Gemara inside. The Gemara says, Rami Ba'Abba said, Ksiv Avram, Ksiv Avraham. We know initially his name was Avram, and then his name changed to Avraham. Says the Gemara, B'tchila initially, Himlicha Yakadish Baruch Hu HaMasayim V'Aborim Mishloisha Ivarim. Initially, Avram Avinu only had control over 243 body parts. That's the gematria of Avram. Uh, after Lebesayif, after he had a bris milah, he ended up getting control over all 248, which is the gematria of Avram. And Elohim, these are the five that he gained when he had a bris his two eyes were now in his control, and his two ears were now in his control, and obviously the bris itself, the, that body part was now in his control. Till the bris Avram Avinu had no control over those five body parts. He had control over everything, and that's why. Why did he have control over his eyes and his and his and his ears? So the Ran on the side of the Gemara writes, 
quote, Hashem gave him permission over the body parts that are in his domain. A person's ears and eyes are not his. They're not in his domain. You have no choice to, but to see. Like all of a sudden you saw it. You can't unsee it. Or I don't like to use the word unsee. I take it back. You can't necessarily control what you see. It's it's not it's not it's not. Hashem made that he's in total control of that. That he only heard mitzvahs and he only saw mitzvahs. Right? There are certain there are certain people. Whatever they look at, they see bad. Right? There are certain people. Whatever they look at, they see good. It's our decision to decide. We could become like that. But Avraham Avinu didn't have that power till he had the bris milah. On the side of the Gemara, also the Tosfos says the same thing, and he brings a proof that later on it says about Klai Yisrael, "Leinasan Hashem lechem leiv ladas v'anayim l'rois v'aizon l'shmaya." Hashem didn't give you yet your brains to understand, your eyes to see, and your ears to hear. Now, wh- why? What's the connection? So, there's an interesting Mishnah. The Mishnah says in Sechtes Rosh Hashanah, and that's where you would think that we would talk about sound, because that's when we have to listen to a shofar. The Mishnah says. That the shofar of Rosh Hashanah should be used preferably of a wild goat. That's the preferable shofar. And um, in the base of Migdash, not what we use. We use a ram in the base of Migdash. And it should be pashat. It should be as straight as possible, not curved. We use curved. And Metzupah Zahav, the mouth should be gold-plated in the base of Migdash. Ushtei And you also had on the side of the person blowing shofar in the base of Migdash, there were two people with trumpets that blew at the same time. Which means there was two separate sounds coming out. There was a shofar sound, there was chatzitzvah on the two sides happening at the same time. But, says the Mishnah, shofar marech, the shofar would go longer, the mitzvah was to listen to shofar. So the shofar had to be the last sound you heard. On a fast day, it was the opposite. They would have a two chatzitzvah, uh, um, I'm sorry, a and, and that would t- last longer, and the shofar would be shorter because the mitzvah on a fast day was to hear the chatzetzus blown. Now, when we know there's a rule in Shas called trade kadolay mishtami, a person can't hear two things at once. I always, whenever like my kids start speaking all at the same time, he said, she said, or whatever it is, I always say, I know it looks like I have two ears, but they all lead to the same brain. I can only hear one at a time, right? So I, we could only hear one thing at a time. We can't, we can't hear two things at once. So the Gemara asks, so if you can't hear two things at once, so why are you allowed to have the chatzetus and the shofar blowing at the same time? You can't hear two things at once. If I'm supposed to hear the shofar, then blow the shofar. I'm supposed to hear the chatzetus, blow the chatzetus, but don't blow them at the same time. It's a discussion that we showing them. Does it mean I can't hear either one when they're both blowing, or I could hear one, and I could only pick one, and I'm supposed to be hearing the other one? Whatever the problem is. And the, the Gemara says a fascinating answer. The Gemara says, I do the you have it Something that you want to hear, you can hear even two at once. Don't tell my kids this. Something that you want to hear, you can hear even two at once. And since the mitzvah of Shafer is so gishmak, it's chavivale, you could hear the Shafer while the chatzaisus are blowing. You could. And you could hear the chatzaisus while the Shafer is blowing. In fact, this Allah and Hilchas Purim also. This is. What happens if two people are leaning the Megillah simultaneously? There's a fight between two Bali Kriya, who's going to lane? And they both get up saying, the whole Megillah, the whole thing. They both simultaneously say, are you yet or not? Initially, the Gemara says, obviously not. 
Trade says no. Megillah is so enjoyable. People love the Megillah that you can hear two things at once. If two people would lay Parsha Zachar at once, you would not be Yitzah. It's not necessarily enjoyable. There's certain things that are enjoyable and it's enjoyable. How does that work? Either you could hear, it's, it's a fascinating thing, what's the more saying? Either scientifically you could hear or you can't hear two things at once. Why when it's something you want to hear, could you hear it? I'm not, I'm not suggesting an answer. But it seems clear from the Gemara that we're in control to decide to hear even if there's background noise. There was a tzaddik, he was called the Nashchizer. Sometimes he would tell his kids, he says, this, 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 this person is talking to me, there's, there's too much noise, I can't hear. I said, he's the only one in the room, what do you mean? No. Whenever the person would, whenever people would say not truth, he would say the same thing. He says, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I hear noises. I don't hear, I, I don't hear anything. He trained his body to not hear something that wasn't true. That when somebody was t- talking to him and then all of a sudden he started saying something that wasn't true, his body just couldn't hear. Now, that sounds very, very Hasidish. Fine. I agree. I'm going to make it even more Hasidish before I show you that even not Hasidish is like that. I'll tell you another story. There's a, there's a vision to Rebbe called Tzemach Tzadik. Not to be confused with the Tzemach Tzedek, two different Rebbes. One was Lubavitch and one was Vizhnitz. The Tzemach Tzadik used to say, if you lift the Cairo, you could hear a Shafer. And people looked at him and said, if you lift the Cairo by the Pesach Seder, I don't want to talk about Pesach because it brings about a lot of anxiety, so we're going to wait till next month to talk about it. But when you, if you lift the Ka'ara, the Ka'ara, the Ka'ara, the Ka'ara, however you grew up saying it, you could hear the Shafer. Now, I don't know how many of you have a Ka'ara at home that you lift up. Did you ever hear a Shafer? Oh, I mentioned this once? You Could you hit that when you like that piece of something? Oh yeah? Something I don't recall. Cool. Why so the Imre Chaim, whose great grandson, explained what he meant to say is so first of all, not every Cairo makes the sound of a shafer, and not every ear could sound the sound of a shafer. You have to have a special Cairo and special ears. And he said what he read what the Rebbe meant was if you if you lift the Cairo, meaning if you take the word Ka'aro, Kuf, Ayin, Reish, Hey, and you lift it up, that means you go to the next letter. What's the next letter after Kuf? Rage, thank you. What's the next letter after Ayan? Pay. Pay, good. What's the next letter after after Hay? Uh, after Rage? Shin. And after Hay? What does that spell? Shafer. Shin, Vav, Hay, Rage. So the letters after Ka'ara, if you lift the Ka'ara, you can hear the Shafer. The Rabshitzer Rebbe used to take his Afrikaman every year and he used to stop blowing. He used to take. The African part, he used to take it and he used to stop blowing. And the Hasidim used to say that you used to hear Shafer sounds coming out of Shafer. It's so interesting. I, I've been married for seven years now. Okay. My father in law always did it and I, I thought it's a Did joke. what? He took the African, like the, the masa, and he put it next to his mouth like that. For like a second, I always wondered why. I thought it's like a joke or something. Well, it does look, the break usually does end up looking like a shape for a little bit. But the rough used to go blow and I people... I even questioned it. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, wow. Ask him. Ask him. Okay. You learn something new every day. Okay, I'm glad you woke up today. So, Schaefer, <laughs> so, so, now, we could say, again, you could say a Hasidish story, which is a Hasidish story. The rough was Hasidish, and hearing sounds coming out of a piece of matzah that sound like a Schaefer are Hasidish. I'm not disagreeing. But I want to tell you a different. I want to tell you a different story. Yeah. Well, stop laughing. The the Chechenova, was not so chassidish. So we're gonna make it a little less chassidish as we go. The Chechenova, whose yard was this week, 
he one time was standing in shul and the Balfakir was blowing Shafer and he kept saying, he can't hear. He can't hear. And the, they said, why? Everybody, everybody hears. He's like, I, I can't hear. And again, he started blowing. And they, this Balfakir came right next to him and was blowing. He's like, I can't hear. Do you hear me speaking? Yeah, I hear you speaking. Blowing Shafer? I can't hear you blowing Shafer. And they looked into, they decided to, something's fishy. They looked into the Baltakea and they found out that there was, he wasn't such a holy person. And they removed him. He trained his ear to not hear Schaefer. Now, again, I don't know how you train your ear for that. I, I don't know how that happens. But he trained his ear not to be able to hear. We're in control of that. I want to tell you. Did he really not hear, or was he pointing at us? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. But I want to tell you a different story. Want to hear a little vicious story? Here's a literature story. This, this, the Gary Rebbe, I know, he's not literature. The first Gary Rebbe, the Chedusha Rim, the altar of Ger, the first Gary Rebbe lived in Warsaw, lived right around Warsaw area. The, the, he says he saw this story happen with his own eyes. Now, he, it's a Chasidja story because he's Chasidja saying it, but it's a Chasidja story. Rebkiva Eger, who is as Litvak as Litvak gets, Rebkiva Eger came to Warsaw once. Rebkiva Eger in his old age, his son of Shlomo, was staunch misnagid, was living in Warsaw, and for whatever reason, Rebbe came to Warsaw. So I drove two years ago, right before the pandemic, from Pozna to Warsaw. We stayed at Chabas in Pozna, which is where Rebbe lived, and Warsaw is where we left, so we had to drive to Warsaw to the airport. It's a two-hour bus ride today, so it must have taken a day travel, let's say, or something like that. Rebbe in his old age came to Warsaw, and the whole... Kaisal came to see Rav Kiva Eger, the big Gazladar. Rav was very old, and he was hard of hearing. To the point where they, to talk to him, you had to scream into his ear. Like the stipler. At the end of his life, the stipler, in order to talk to him, to to I heard the Rav Chaim now. You had to scream into his ear. To, 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 like his father. You had to scream into his ear. He couldn't hear. So the, the Rav Kiva Eger came, and everybody came to, came to see the Gazladar. And there was hustle and bustle around him, and Rav Kiva was oblivious. Because... They assumed he couldn't hear. He said there was a massive banquet hall, and they, you know, to see, you know, the Gadlador. All of a sudden, Pivega got up in his old age and he started running. And he went to the other end of the room, and he joined the conversation and learning. And he was argued what, why what the person said is not true, and he brought to prove why this person said it is true. And he was involved in learning, and everybody was like, "How did he hear that conversation? He was on the other side of the room. When you talk to him, he can't hear you." But he was on the other side of the room, he heard. Because Torah's or Rav wanted to hear. His mind was tuned out. All that other things was background noise, wasn't interesting to him. When he heard somebody discussing a Rajva or a Taisvis or a Kasha from the Marashah, Rav Kiva who was deaf, technically, came across the room, Alter, the Gary Rebbe said he saw with his own eyes, came across the room and he was involved in the conversation like he was there the whole time. Because that he was trained to hear. Is that a chassidish ma'aseh? It's not. Rebbe <laughs> no nothing to do with chassidish. But we could train our hearers to hear. Did Rivka Imenu hear Yitzhak Avinu? Was it Ruch Hakodesh? It was. We said it was a, a secret. But Rivka Imenu was so attentive to hear everything her husband said. Yitzhak Avinu said, especially if it was Negea, Yaakov versus Esau. Is it so difficult to understand that she literally heard it? All the other background noise. She tuned out. So she heard it. In fact, 
We know that Avram Avinu is introduced to us in the beginning of Parashat Lechacha. Really, at the end of Parashat Lechacha, it tells us a little bit about his family history. And Parashat Lechacha, Vayerim Hashem Avram, Lechacha Vayartzacha. And everybody asks, who's Avram? Why is Hashem talking to him? What did he do? And everybody's very bothered by this. The Ramban asks, maybe give us a little bit of a brief history about Avram Avinu. In fact, what we know about Avram Avinu prior to that episode where Hashem speaks to him is nothing. We need Chazal to tell us that he was willing to go into a fiery furnace and, and all the great stories about the, the Avedis Zaras that he knocked out. Great. The Torah doesn't talk about it. The Torah never introduces us to Avram Avinu. It tells us, Terah had kids, and then he married her, they, and they, whatever, had no kids. That's it. And Hashem says to Avram Avinu, go to Why? Or go, go to a land. The Ramban asks this question, and Svas Emma says, to be honest with you, Hashem did not say to Avram Avinu, Hashem never said those words to Avram Avinu. It doesn't say he said it to him. It, doesn't, it, it says Hashem said, he, so Hashem's claims, Hashem said, He put out there in the world the statement, leave your family, leave your home, and change your life. Become a better person. That's all he said. Anybody could have heard it. The Pasuk is telling us Avram Avinu heard it. That is Taka, the first introduction to Avram Avinu. Did Avram Avinu heard that Hashem said Lech Lecha? Did Hashem say it to him? No. Hashem is talking to us all the time. He's telling us all the time Lech Lecha. Hashem is telling us all the time messages. The question is, are we listening? Could we hear? That's on us. We could tune out all the surround, surrounding noises that are in the world that are trying to block us from hearing those messages. But Avram Avinu blocked it all out. Noise cancellation, and he heard He picked up and he went, and that tackle introduced Avram Avinu. That's the first step he made towards becoming the great Avram Avinu. Hashem said, Oh, it's you? No problem. So the Klaisol family will start from you. There's a story in the Gemara Mzakta's Tainus. It's a scary story, but it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating story, and there's so many different details of the story that we have to discuss, but we're going to only pick on one point. Listen to the story. There was two Amarim. One his name was Ilfa, and one his name was Abyechanan. And they were both sitting in Kailo, they were both sitting in Yeshiva and learning. And the Chikalu Milsatuva, it got too much. They couldn't afford to live. And they decided, Amri, so they said, Nakim Venezel Venavit Iska, let's go out and work. Let's invest invest in business and do something. And we're gonna be Mikhayim a Pasik. The Pasik says, Fs a person has an obligation to make sure they're not poor. So in the Torah, there's an obligation to make sure you could afford to live. So as long as we were able to afford to sit in yeshiva, to sit in kailo, we did it. At this point, we can't anymore. It's time that a halo We can't afford to live anymore. We're going to do the mitzvah of not being poor. Azlu, so they left yeshiva, they left kailo. On the way out, they sat under a very flimsy wall. It was a flimsy wall right there, and they sat down by a park bench right near it. They sat down to break bread, they had to eat something, they needed some energy, they were going to go out to the marketplace, try to find a job, go to the employment agency, whatever it was. Also, two malachim showed up. Rabbi Yechanan hears, how one angel says to the other angel, Let's throw down the wall on these two people, and let's kill them both. They're leaving Kailo to go work? Let's just kill them. Let's just knock top of those. I'm not looking, looking to get involved in the discussion leaving Kailo to work right now. I'm just saying what the Gemara says. Let's topple the wall on them. They're leaving Kailo to go to work. We need to kill them. So the other Malach says, 
Shavkinu. Don't don't throw down the world wall. The Ikabu Chad, because one of the two, the Kaimalay Shaita, that's going to become a great rabbi one day. So don't do it. If you kill him, he's not going to have the opportunity to do it. Rabbi Yechon and Shama. Rabbi Yechon heard this conversation between two Malachim. Ilfa Loi Shama. Ilfa didn't hear the conversation. Amal Rabbi Yechon and Ilfa. So Rabbi Yechon turns to Ilfa. He says, Shama Ma'amidi? Did you just hear? Did you just hear something? Amal Loi? No, no. I was just munching my bread. Amar, so Rabbi Yechonah said, Midashami ano, since I heard it, but Ilfa didn't hear it, Shmami no, they must be referring to me. Amar Rabbi Yechonah, so Rabbi Yechonah turns to Ilfa, he says, you know what? I'm going back to Kailul. What about the Fruma Cheshben, that you know, be poor? There's another Pasuk. Kilayachdal Evjemikarvards. The Pasuk says, there will always be poor people. You can't help it. Don't try. Tell, you can tell this to the Democrats. You can't, there's nothing you can do. There will always be poor people. There's nothing you can do about it. Ki Why did socialism fail? Even though it's having a resurgence? Socialism failed because it doesn't work. It's impossible. There will always be the rich and there will always be the poor. That's the way Hashem made the world. Rabbi Yechon and Hadar. Rabbi Yechon went back to Yeshiva. Ofa loy Hadar. Ofa didn't go back to Yeshiva. We all heard of Rabbi Yechon. How many of us heard of Ilfo? None of us told the story. Because we don't know of Ilfo. Ilfo went out. He was, he was like a standard Kyle guy that went to work. He became, in fact, the has a very sad ending. Gemara says, many years later, Ilfo came back. And Ilfo says, I want you to know that I'm, I'm greater than Rebbechenon. Or when I was in Yeshiva, I was greater than Rebbechenon. In fact, till now, I'm willing to suggest I'm greater than Rebbechenon. Ask me any Gemara, any Gemara in Shas, and I'll show you how in Mishnahis it's already alluded to, to that Gemara is alluded to in Mishnahis, which is an unbelievable feat to be able to produce. And he says, I'm so confident I'm right that I'm going to go onto the top of a boat on the mast of a ship, and if I can't answer the question, I'm willing to jump in and die. And he got up onto a ship mast, and they asked him a question. And he knew the answer. And there's a question of how the Gemara ends. Either he was so distraught that even though he knew the answer, they didn't show him respect that he jumped off and killed himself. I was going to say that from before. Or he came down and he showed his abilities. But yet we still all never heard of Ilfa. Why? Because Rabbi Yechonon went back and he became the very Rabbi Yechonon. The great, amazing, fantastic Rabbi Yechonon. What happened? How do you understand a story like this? What did Ilfa do wrong? He didn't hear the Basco. He didn't hear two Malachim every conversation. Oh, the answer has to be along the lines of what you're saying. That Rabbi Yechonon heard because Rabbi Yechonon wanted to hear. Ilfa didn't want to hear. He could have heard. Now, I, I don't know. I'm not here to suggest anything. I'm not interested in Ilfa coming in my dream tonight and saying it's not true. I, I'm not. But you have to say something along those lines. Because otherwise, it's just not fear. Why did you break it here? And the Malach said one of them is going to become great. The Malach is say, suggesting that we know Rabbi Yechon is supposed to become great, and the other one is not supposed to become great. We have all the time this different things that are calling out to us. The question is, do we hear it? Do we have that power to absorb it, to internalize it? In fact, there's a Mishnah Mishachnas Avis, and we might know from the sixth parak. There's a Baskel that comes out every single day that says, woe to those that embarrass the Torah. Show of hands. Anybody heard this Baskel? No. You never heard this Baskel? I'll be honest with you, I never heard the Baskel either. Can I ask you a question? What's the point of a baskel if nobody can hear it? 
Is it the point of a basketball that Hashem is sending a message to the world? Isn't it more like the realm of the world? Oh, it sounds great. Doesn't make any sense to me. Isn't it more of like each like person has their like awakening every single day? Like interesting point. We're gonna get to what you're saying. Very good. Very interesting point. So if there's a basketball and nobody can hear it, what's the point? Bosco, literal Bosco, yeah, but it says Bosco. Why would I assume otherwise? It says every day a Bosco comes out from Harsinai and says, Woe to those that embarrass the Torah. That's what it says. Why would I assume it's anything but literal? Because not, not everybody hears it? Well, Maybe you do. Maybe you do hear it every day. Maybe you're just drowning it out with all the other things you're busy with. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Every single day, and I'm going to just... So we're oh, not, we're not gonna, growing uh, that, being that level. Who says? Who, who says? Who says? What do you mean everybody? That's what we well, Not everybody. I disagree, I, I disagree with everybody. I, dis- I disagree with everybody. I think you are, you are right. Okay, that's nice. Thank you. Physically, I, think, I think this is green. I disagree okay, with you. Fine. Physically, okay. here, no, I think you are right. It's an opinion you have. It's not, it's not a fact. It's an opinion you have. I'm disagreeing with your opinion. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. You are right to hear. To physically hear or to internalize? Both. You can internalize, I think both. It's just we're so involved in our steak, involved in our dress, involved in our vacations. There are things that are drowning does out that sound. What? Does the God don't say they hear it? I don't know. You have to ask I me. I always other. knew. My teacher's always... I'm not... Well, I'm, person uh, one minute. I'm going to get to what you're saying. If I, if, if I may, I'll get to what you're saying. There's another Bosco every single day. Igmar says that every day, from the place where the Kodesh Kodesh is, every day a Basel comes down and says, Every single day it says, Hashem says, repent, return. I want you back. Have you ever heard it? I've never heard it. Ask the Baal Shem Tov. You hear it every day? Good for you. The Baal Shem Tov asks, why does Hashem make this Basel if nobody hears it? Says the Baal Shem Tov, you do hear it. You hear it every day. Whenever you have that guilty conscience, or whenever you have that moment where you know, I really want to be better, and we all have it. The question is what we do after that moment. And we all hear the Bosco every day that says, Stop embarrassing the Torah. It, 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 it's correct. No, I feel like it's a, it's a message in your body. No, it's a physical Bosco, but each person hears it at a different time. During their day, and they interpreted. Yes, Rabbi Simfadi, you hear somebody telling you to. Re- I hear voices hear the all the time. Well, we're a special place that I could recommend you to. <laughs> what do you mean? Like when, when we were driving, you said, "Oh my gosh, the sky is." What What do you think? That wasn't something I heard. That's an internal feeling. That's the way I operate. Your body heard something. Now I didn't physically hear a sound. My ears didn't hear a sound. It was an internal sound. How do you? Well, 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 can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Who said you can only... Can I ask you a question? Do you only hear with your ears? I, I, hears, that, I, I, I hears, are ears the only part of your body that hears? That's a very big question. I'm going to tell you why. Because that could be answered two different ways. If you're talking yes in no. actual physical sound, that whatever you want, whatever sound means, the airwaves, whatever the scientific, then yes, your ears can hear because a deaf person can't hear those sounds. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I do believe, let's say if you see something with your eyes, mm-hmm. a message, that is a different sense of hearing something, but it's not a physical sound that your ears no, are interpreting. I, I agree and disagree with you at the same time because by Marmot Hasina, we know we all heard and saw the sounds 
as well. And everyone How do you see that? And, and did we see this? What do you mean we saw they the sound? Fainted. We saw the letters. Of course, of course they fainted. I'm saying, so we are obviously but, but not they saw it. hearing but, it. And, and we were, and what we were taught is we're not on that one, level to be able to see sound. One, one second. Of course, we are on that level. Stop with the levels. Who's telling you? Who's so, who keeps putting you down? This is horrible. No, you are on the level. If they, if they fainted. I'm not Macabre. I'm not I'm not Macabre. If they fainted, then obviously one of because they were hearing Hashem, not because they saw the sounds or heard the... Yeah, they, the, they no. saw they the sounds. That's not why they fainted. They fainted because they, 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 they heard Hashem. So we're not hearing the Basco. No, no. Basco is not the actual... It's not the Vua. Basco is... By the way, why is it called a Basco? Why isn't it called a Benko? Why isn't it called a coil? Because that's females. I mean, less, I mean, that's like self-understood. Um, that question. Tyson just wants to know, why is it called a Bosco and why not a Benko? Because women are more intuitive. No. And maybe it's an intuition. No, that's just answer. No, it's, 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 it's a lot of neshamas in a female. Okay, like, good. What? A lot of, like, neshamas also in a female. Okay, so therefore what? Correct. Because it's an internal, but that's what I'm saying. Therefore what? Okay, so, so, but what, talk... There is. There's something to it. Okay, okay. I'm not just. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm like one year at school. I remember being at school. It's what? Soft, it's softer. Bosco? It's it's not yeah, the real thing. It's not the real sound. That's not. That's why it's not it called. That's why it's not curl by Bosco. But why female versus male is a longer conversation. I'm not looking to get into now. No, really, it is. It's no, a discussion. Maybe because of female's voice is soft. Maybe. Maybe. I, fine. Everybody's well entitled to their suggestions. But you could all hear it, and and my point is, what I was trying to bring out is, that when we heard by Harsinai and saw by Harsinai, it means that we discussed this by the first shear that we gave, I think it was, or maybe by the second one, on this topic, is that we're accustomed that our eyes sees, our ears hear, our mouth talks and eats, and our nose smell. It's not necessarily meant to be like that. Our bodies are all, technically, have the faculties everywhere. Our, our ears should technically be able to also see. In fact, by Maimon Asinai, there's an opinion that says that what we said that we Hanishma doesn't mean we saw what you could hear, but Hanishma means we saw with what we usually hear. Our ears were able to see finally. Meaning, because in, in other Mauritian land, and we're going to discuss this more in the next year, and meaning before the Eitz Adas, the way mouth was supposed to be, eyes weren't designated for seeing only, and mouth wasn't designated for speaking only, and neither was the nose just... We had it everywhere. If, which I'll get back to in a second. What I'm, what I'm trying to bring out is that when we hear, we assume that we hear with our ears. But it's not necessarily so. And that's what he says, Yishma, Yisra, Yisra, he heard. Everybody heard. No, but Yisra, he heard means he internalized it. He changed his life. He did something about it. There was a sefer called Kol Hanavua, an entire sefer written about prophecy. It was written not that long ago by someone by David Kohn, David Hakoyen. He was, he's not alive anymore. He was known as the Nazir. He decided he becoming he's becoming a Nazir. He was uh, he lived in Eretz Yisrael. He long hair. He's a fascinating individual. He was amazing. He wrote an entire sefer about prophecy. It's a very deep sefer. I don't understand much of what is in that sefer. But as you say, it is that the difference between the Greeks and the Jews is that the Greeks work with sight, meaning if I see it, then I understand it. I believe it. And us Jews work with sound. We introduce the concept of hearing to the world. Um, Lord Sachs, who was just Nifter last year, he has a whole essay in Parshish Akev how Klaiswell introduced to the world the concept of listening. So it's a very Jewish thing to listen to something. 
Goyim did not don't understand this thing. And in the Kailan of he discusses this point also. The Greeks need to see it. If they saw it, scientifically, it makes sense. That is not a Jewish mahalach. The Jewish mahalach is, I if I hear it, I understand it. What's the difference? One is Torah Shavik and one is Torah Shavapah. Torah Shavik Sav, you're not allowed to learn outside. You have to see the words to be able to learn it. Torah Shavapah, you're not allowed to learn inside. You're supposed to hear it. We have today Gemaras, which is something that changed over the years. But initially, Torah Shavapah was supposed to be only from Rebbe to Talmud, mouth to ear, mouth to ear. Maimon Arsinai is, we, we saw because our eyes were meant to be used in. But as we get closer to the end, our sense of hearing is supposed to be stronger. If you would see miracles today, would you believe that Hashem exists more than you believe in Hashem now? We all like to say, yeah, if Hashem would make a miracle today, I'd believe in Hashem much more. Because they saw the Yamsa split. Hashem, why don't you make the Yamsa split for me? I'll also believe in you. Many people say that. And this, I totally get that understanding. But that's not what Yidin are. It's sad that we think that when we see something, it's more conclusive than if we hear something. If we hear from our father, who heard from his father, who heard from his father, who heard from his father, and this goes all the way back to year 2448, that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, and that Hashem did these miracles, and Hashem came down and gave us a Torah, that should be more convincing to us than if we would see Mahomet HaSinai today. It should be. Say for Yeshaya Novi in Parakei, Right. Woe unto the people that need to see to be able to believe. Sadly, Persians, Christians, Muslims, Greeks need to see to believe. Jews need to hear to believe. And that's what Navu is. I'm going to read to you one line. Yisrael. The facts, the truth is, A Jew does understand with sight. With internal hearing. If God wanted us to be people that see, then he should have said, Why don't you see that God is the only one? Hashem doesn't say see. Hashem says, listen to me. Listen. Because we Jews are supposed to focus on our, our listening. And that's how it's supposed to be. For us to be accepted, to be perfected, to the way we're supposed to be. We say every Friday night, Ki hu Hashem If we will listen, if we will only listen to Hashem, we will have the redemption. All we need to do is listen. If we could finally listen, and that's the, the, the tafkid of the last generation of Mashiach, the Ikhvist and the Mashiach. The Ikhvist and the Mashiach is that we need to listen. There's a lot less seeing going on because we can't see anymore. We can't. We don't have those capabilities. Hashem did the seeing part 3,000 years ago. Now it's just the listening part. Listening from our elders. Listening. I had this chus a couple days ago. I met a survivor. I went over to him. I said, can I see the numbers on your arm? And he lifted his arm sleeve and I gave it a kiss. I said, can I get a bracha? And I bent down and he gave me a bracha. And then I asked him a little bit about it. I said, where you come from? And I turned to this. There was a little boy there. And I said, do you see this man? This man is going straight to Gan Eden. Don't you want a bracha from him? We're living in a generation where if we don't see it, we don't believe it. It's the fight of our generation. Accept it. Your Rebbe told you, your father told you, your mother told you, your grandparents told you. It's, it's so hard today to accept. I, I, I don't see how it makes sense. I don't, I, I don't see it. And we even use the saying, I don't, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. What does the Gemara say? Tashema or Shema Mino. That's Tereshe is internalizing it. 
You know what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? The Ikvah said to Mashiach, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen when Mashiach is going to come, because the Ramam says nobody knows <laughs> what's going to happen when Mashiach is going to come. But the Pasuk says, Vahaya Ekev Tishma'an. Vahaya Ekev Tishma means, that's Vahaya, we know Chazal tells me, whenever the word Vahaya is, a code word that something joyful is being said. Vahaya is it good news? Vahihi is bad news. Vahihi, is bad news. It was bad news. Vahaya is good news. Whenever it says Vahaya, it's good news. Vahaya, you know what the good news is? That Ekev, at the end of time, Tishmon, you guys will finally listen. The Ekev, the Ekev of the Mashiach, the heel. Even the heel, the people that are so numb, will start listening again. Vahaya, that's Ekev Tishmon. People will listen again. And when that happens, Hayyayim and Bekele Shishmo, Hayyayim, that's when Mashiach is going to come. Mashiach is going to come that day. The Gemara says that Rabbi Shobal Levi met Mashiach, and he asked him, and he met Elio Anavi, and he asked him, he says, when's Mashiach going to come? And he says, go ask him straight. And he says, okay, where do I find Mashiach? So he told him exactly where you can find him. He's by Rome, by the entranceway, sitting by all the homeless people. He gave him identification to be able to see who he was. And Rabbi Shobal Levi went to Rome, he met him, and he asked Mashiach, he says, when are you coming? He said, today. Rabbi Levi was in a great mood. Mashiach's coming today. And he didn't come. And the next day, he met Eliyahu again. He said, Mashiach's a liar. He says, why? He said, he told me he's coming today. He says, you misunderstood. He said, Hayyayim. Hayyayim means Hayyayim in Bekeri Lishishmo. If you start listening today. Hayyayim in Bekeri Lishishmo. If we start listening, then he'll come today. He could come today. It's up to us. But that's the only time that'll end up happening is if our ears, ears start working a little bit better. Do you think this generation has that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That we listen more? I didn't say that. But we have that. We have that. That was bad. No, absolutely could it happen? That's, that's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done. Now, I think that our generation suffers more than any generation in this area. We struggle with listening. We have a hard time listening to authority. We have a hard time listening to our elders. And I'm saying not only us, our kids. This is, this is the struggle of the generation. Areas. What? I think we're greater in so many areas. We are greater in a lot of areas. We are. We are. I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm, I don't do things as a... Uh, but, yeah. but are we listening? That's my question. Are we listening? Are we listening to our bottom? What do you mean? Meaning, even if I don't comprehend it, am I willing to listen? Well, but the problem comes in that even you're, like, the bottom are... Okay. Can we do that off? Can we do that off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I agree with you 100%. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm sorry. No, I... Yeah. But I agree. That being said... The struggle of the story of Purim, according to Rev Dessler, what is the message that we're supposed to take from Purim? We're supposed to take a message from Pesach, from Purim, from Hanukkah, from Shuas, from Tisha B'Av. We're supposed to take messages. What's the message we're supposed to take from Purim? Okay, don't drink too much wine because you feel horrible the next day. Rev Dessler says the lesson I'm supposed to take from Purim is that in every generation there will be a manhig that will be telling us the Dvar Hashem, and the question is, are you going to listen or you're not going to listen? That is Purim. Purim is going to take us, it's, it's the last yantif in the calendar year. It's the last yantif that we had Nevuavai, where we're able to hear straight from Hashem. And that's the last, that's the yantif that will last forever, literally. It's, it's going to last forever because that's the yantif that's going to take us out of Golis. Purim is Amunas Chachamim, and that's what was, that it comes from listening, properly listening. And by the way, when we properly listen, we will be balanced properly. Our Maiznayim will be, we will have the right. Shikl, wait to know when yeah and when no. That'll keep us in line of when it's too far, when it's not enough. That's that's what listening to a proper authority does. Now, obviously, proper authority. I'm going to emphasize proper authority. 
I know, it's a, it's a problem. But proper authority. And that's the struggle of our generation. It is a struggle of our generation, but it's only going to end if we perfect this. If we're willing to hear even of what we can't see. That's why I think when, the, when, when we started out, we said, what's the most imperative of all the faculties? Why is a cheresh somebody that's in the same level as a shaita and a katan? A shaita and a katan immature? Somebody that can't hear. I'm not talking about the physical problem. But I'm talking about the spiritual problem. Somebody that can't hear is someone that's immature, is someone that's an imbecile. Is a shaita. He's not chayv and mitzvahs. You, if you can't listen, if you can't internalize, then you're just exempt. I'm sorry, you're not, you're not part of a mature society. It, it, it's, it, and that's why it's the most imperative of all. But, the word simcha is the same as chamisha because there's five senses. So therefore, next time we'll try to explain why actually touch is the most important of all of them because that's what we're supposed to do by each one. So as important as hearing is, and I think it's the most important thing, but in Hashem, we should perfect our hearing and we should hear the Megillah and hear the message of the Megillah.